0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Saint Mark. Glory, Glory to you, to Lord, Lord Christ. Christ. As Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have observed from my youth. And Jesus, looking upon him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. At that saying, his countenance fell, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, And who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. but many that are first will be last, and the last first. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Heavenly Father, we pray at this time that as we're gathered in your name, that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit and fill us with your life and your truth. And this we ask now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The portion we have before us this evening from the tenth chapter of Mark's gospel uh, is uh, witnessed to in the other gospels as well. And some it's the and uh, some it's the uh, young the ruler, and some it's the young man, and some it's the rich man. So thus we get the rich young ruler. Um, so anyway, it, you know, we we all know who we're talking about. Sort of like when your parents called you by one of your siblings' names, but you knew it's like, yeah, I know, it's me, um, it's me that you're talking about. Well, uh, as, I, as we reflect on this tonight, uh, it really um, is a, a wonderful lens into the message of the gospel that, uh, and you've heard me say this before and you'll hear me say this again, it's a wonderful lens into the gospel um, that uh, both challenges us and also offers phenomenal good news to us if, uh, if we hear it, if we receive that which is shared with us. But I begin by telling you um, a story About a man by the name of Thomas Bilney. Um, Thomas Bilney may not uh, ring a bell for a lot of y'all. I I see the. I can't believe Thomas Bilney. How could you forget? On the furrowed brows out there, Thomas Bilney um, was a student at Trinity Hall in Cambridge uh, in the early um, 1500s. In fact, in in 1514, it's getting clear, right? Um, (laughs) as I just sort of. You're you're with me now. Well, um, Thomas Bilney was a was a theology student. And and the time was approaching for him to receive communion, um, and and that put him into a spiritual crisis. Uh, and the reason behind that was was this: one of the things that that plagued um, not just Thomas bilney but but many um, medieval Christians was um, his anxiety over what he felt as the chasm that existed between himself and God, um, the 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 deep. Division between himself and God as a result of his sin, and as a result of his inability um, to rid himself of this sin, and he had tried all the various means uh, available um, at that particular time, all the traditional paths. He had um, paid priests to say um, masses on his behalf. He had paid for indulgences. He had he had fasted. He had had nightly vigils um, of prayer. He had he basically. He'd gone through all the various religious means that were available to him, all the things that he could do. Um, and after having done all these things, um, he, he felt no better. He went to confession, not just once a year. He went to confession all the time to try and rid himself of this feeling of sin, to try and address this gap, uh, this distance he felt between himself and God. And then he did um, an interesting thing. He, he went and purchased a copy of Erasmus' uh, Greek New Testament. Uh, and he began to read through um, the New Testament and in particular as he read through uh, what are sometimes called the pastoral epistles, um, those um, which Paul wrote, and particularly um, 1 Timothy 1, as Paul um, describes himself as the chief of sinners. Uh, and Paul describes himself not only um, as the chief of sinners, um, but one um, who's been loved and received by God, not by his merits, but because of the mercies of God, um, the fact that, that Jesus... Um, through his cross and through his resurrection, uh, has reconciled us to God, has enabled us to come into God's presence, not on our merits, um, but on Jesus' merits. And, and hearing that, um, of course, um, Paul was Paul's uh, heart was filled with a joy which he had sought all of his life, but he hadn't been able to find in all of his own striving. And Belnie as well um, felt a tremendous uh, peace um, for the first time. This message of the gospel for the first time um, came over him. Uh, and in fact... Um, uh, he, he went on to uh, discover that which sort of others uh, during the time of the Reformation had discovered as well, the the reality um, that God does not love us because we're holy. Um, because, in fact, he wouldn't love us then. Um, God does not love us because we're holy. He loves us in order to make us holy. Um, and so uh, that, that message of the gospel um, came down uh, into uh, his heart and his life, and it, and it changed and transformed his heart and his life. And, in fact, um, as a little... Um, aside, um, there was a student that came after him by the name of Thomas Cranmer, um, whom you might remember as the one who was the primary architect of our Book of Common Prayer. And Thomas Cranmer actually, um, in the in the right one service of Holy Eucharist, what we call the Comfortable Words, um, that word from First Timothy um, is there um, in there as we as we come forward to receive the Eucharist. Um, well, I, I share all of that with you. Um, for a reason, um, and the reason is, is that it actually um, applies to what we hear uh, in this encounter. Uh, as the rich young man comes to Jesus, and we hear that as Jesus um, was was going along, he was setting out um, on his journey, and ultimately, of course, that journey is toward Jerusalem. Ultimately, um, that journey um, is toward the cross. Uh, and as he is on his way, we hear that the man um, ran up and knelt before him, uh, and so uh, there is. Uh, there's an earnestness uh, which is there in his actions. And, and not only do we hear that in the description, the fact that he ran up and then he knelt before him, but in Jesus' response to him um, as well. Um, we, we hear that Jesus um, looked on him um, and loved him. He, he had concern for him. He had uh, compassion for him. And, of course, we, you heard just a moment ago um, what he said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and of course, uh, they have... Um, the interchange, and, and Jesus sort of gives him um, the traditional things. You know, uh, here, here are the commandments. You, you know these. And he says, You know what? I've observed all of those um, since my youth. And, and again, um, I'm sure he didn't do it perfectly, but, but we see there's a sincerity, there's an honesty, there's, there's an earnestness, because again, we, we hear that Jesus um, looked on him and loved him. Obviously, part of the problem is, is this, and it's the challenge of human nature. Uh, he begins, of course, by asking, What must I do? Um, to inherit eternal life. And that's, that's part of the challenge from the very beginning. It's not something that we can do. Uh, it's something um, that has been done for us uh, in Jesus. And, of course, Jesus tells them that one thing, to go and sell everything you have and, and give to the poor uh, and then come uh, and follow me. And we hear that uh, he went away um, with, with great sorrow because he had many possessions. Um, the challenge that I mentioned at the beginning... Uh, is, is this. What, what is told to him is, is true for you and for me as well. Uh, what, what can we bring um, to merit or earn God's love? What can we bring to earn or to merit our salvation? And the reality is nothing. Uh, there, there's nothing that you and I can bring. There's nothing um, that you and I um, can offer. Um, I, I just got another one today. My, my son um, sends me texts all the time and I, and I laugh. It's always, there's a great deal out there. Um, there's always a great deal out there, and the latest is there's this great hunting rifle um, that my nephew has that he wants to sell him, and he's got most of the money, but can he borrow just a little bit of money, and, and, and then he's going to pay me back? And of course, um, you know, I, I often uh, go ahead and give him the money knowing that he'll pay me back just as well as I paid my dad back, um, which is, you know, there's still a big tab out there. Dad, you know, I, I said to myself, look, you know what, if you'll just, yeah, just loan me this, and i Trust me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it back to you. So there's a, there's a say, there's a, there's. I hope the interest doesn't compound because there's a big tab I've, I've left out there. But it's funny. I mean, Jackson's is like, Dan, I've got most of it, and I just need a little bit, uh, and I'll pay you back. And of course, that's the way we often want to approach God, and and the way that we often want to approach salvation is, you know what, God, I've, I've got a lot right here, and I, if you'll just give me a little bit more, look, you just give me this little bit, and that's going to put me over, um, and then, and then that's going to be all right. Well, the challenge. Uh, as I say, is this, we, we bring nothing but need. Uh, we bring nothing to the table um, but need. We bring nothing um, to the equation um, but our own need. Uh, and therein, uh, if you see it as challenge, uh, that's fine. But, but the phenomenal good news is this. Um, God um, desires, um, when Jesus says how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom, the challenge for you and for me is that we want to depend upon our own abilities and our own resources, and we're never going to be sufficient. We're never... I'm going to measure up, but here's the good news, of course, uh, is that uh, the, offer, the offer of salvation, um, the offer of the love of God, the grace of God, the peace of God is given to you and to me um, uh, at a price, uh, but it's not one that we pay. It's one that Jesus paid once and for all through the cross and through the resurrection. Um, so what do you and I bring to it? Nothing except our need uh, and to receive Um, The gift of God given for us, the people of God. There's a a continued theme here in Mark's Gospel. Just recently we heard about Jesus saying, you know, unless you come like little children, um, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. And, and of course, as you remember, the the significance of coming as children is there was nothing that they could offer to the equation. And once again, we hear the same thing. So hear and receive um, the good news, I pray, um, this evening. The kingdom of God is given to us all the mercies of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the peace of God, which passes um, all understanding, the ability to have a rock and a stronghold in this life now and in the life to come, the ability um, to call upon him, to be in relationship with him who enable us to weather any and every storm um, which comes our way, the one who promises to be with us always uh, and to never leave us. Uh, That invitation, that gift is extended to you and to me um, in Jesus. uh, And... uh, All you bring to it um, is to say, you know what, Lord, Um, you are the Christ, um, the Son of God, and that in believing in him, um, we have everlasting life. And as we hear that, let us pray. Most gracious God, we thank you that in your grace and mercy you seek us in Jesus, your Son, that through your cross and through your resurrection, um, you extend to us your love, your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. You restore us, uh, most gracious God, as your sons and daughters. I pray that by the work of your Holy Spirit that you would draw us to you in faith, uh, that we might um, see you, that we might recognize you, and that in being drawn to you and recognizing you, Lord, we might have life uh, which is found in you alone. And these things we ask now in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.